Hi everyone and welcome to the Final Whistle podcast from Southampton FC. I'm Steve Forbes. And I'm Kenzie Benali and we're back again for post-match reaction to Southampton's Premier League loss against Liverpool. Now joining us for this week's podcast we have former Saints captain Dean Hammond and Premier League reporter Paul Belverston. Now Paul, Adam Blackmore described it as a brave Southampton performance. Would you agree with that and uh, are there any words that you could use to describe it? Uh-huh. I think brave fits because they certainly, you know, went to Anfield without any fear. They uh, they didn't wait for Liverpool to set the tempo and to come at them and try and soak up pressure and just hit them on the on the counter attack. I think there were different phases where they they attacked Liverpool in different ways, but essentially caused problems and created chances pretty much throughout. So. Yeah, I'd, I'd definitely say it was it was spirited, but ultimately, sadly, frustrating. Yeah, frustrating indeed. And Dean, I think it's fair to say that it's not really been a happy hunting ground for Saints in recent years. We've lost our last three games there, 3-0, 3-0 and 4-0, just the 2-0 tonight. But was this a defeat that Saints can look at with some positivity? It's an improvement to start <laughs> with, but no, um, yes, definitely. I mean... Not many teams go to to Anfield against Liverpool um, and have the amount of possession that Southampton did, especially in the second half. Um, Like Paul mentioned, very, very brave, very spirited. I've mentioned before they were very competitive and created some some good opportunities and the game could have been very, very different um, for Southampton tonight. So it was just in their vital moments, uh, the important moments that didn't quite happen. uh, And that was the difference. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a good performance and I don't think the, uh, the performance reflected a 2-0 defeat at Anfield. It was, a, it was a much closer game and a very competitive game. So um, I think you have to take it from that point of view. But unfortunately, another defeat. Yeah, unfortunately it is. Well, before we discuss the game in a bit more detail, here's how it panned out courtesy of BBC Radio Solent. I mean, you won't stop it round the box. Robertson, great ball, first ball, time ball to Mane. Mane's at the edge of the penalty area. Little back heels, clever to Jota. He's danced to two. It should be 1-0. And oh. he's fired it straight at Forster, who parries it away for a corner. Outswinging corner from Alexander-Arnold. It hits the crossbar. And it's going to be a goal kick. It comes off the bar and behind. And I think it was Wijnaldum who got up to get the header in. Walcott's got the wrong side of Wijnaldum he's played a really good ball to Teller and Teller's in behind Williams he's got Adam Square Adam's in the box oh good save from Allison, who rushed out and smothered it and took man ball a lot but Redmond's got it back and he fires oh. it straight at Allison from the edge of the box Fabinho plays it to Salah this game's picking up pace now Salah curls it in towards the back post Mane free header and they've done that so many times before and Mane has his second goal against his former club for Liverpool Redmond edge of the box from the left curls it in free header and Tellers headed it straight at Allison. chance second week in a row he does he's had a good chance in front of goal David yeah he's gone between the, the centre backs Adams crosses early it's over Alexander Arnold back to Diallo and parried away by Allison. So we're going to have three or four, but maybe, as Thiago can wrap it up, though. 22 yards out, and that is the end of the game. Forster belts the ball away in anger. Liverpool have won. Paul, that 3-2 uh, score prediction, well, it was a bit of an ambitious one, wasn't it? No, I feel robbed. <laughs> I think should have scored at least three. I think if Danny Ings had been on the pitch, it would have been completely different. I mean, look, I, I made that uh, prediction knowing that he wouldn't be on the pitch, but... I thought Saints created some tremendous chances. It's annoying that Allison had the the game he did. You know, so many goalkeepers would have gone down for the uh, 
for the the initial chance from Shay and there were there were some really bright moments but it's just another one of those frustrating ones you know I think Liverpool had so much to play for today going for that Champions League place it's uh, uh, they really needed to be on top of their game and Southampton really caused them an awful lot of problems stopped them playing a lot I thought um, Nathan Teller caused a lot of problems in the first half, especially Alisson being man of the match, I think was uh, was especially telling as well. Just goes to show that a 2-0 home win, there'll be a lot of headlines and stories in the papers tomorrow that it was job done by Liverpool as they chase their Champions League place again. But, you know, Southampton really put in a good account of themselves. It was just that sort of either the... Um, the final, I think the final ball was actually pretty good a lot of the time. It was just uh, not quite there finishing-wise. And um, I thought it was interesting sort of tactically. I'm, I'm not not the best at spotting sort of tactical shifts and things. But when Diallo came on and we were expecting Armstrong to go out wide again, actually, um, Ralph seemed to flood the, the, the middle of the pitch. And even when Musa Gineppo came on as a sort of a striker alongside Michael Obafemi, he was dropping deeper as well. And it really looked like Saints were were, were pushing for an equaliser late on. So, yeah, to, for it to finish 2-0 is pretty uh, frustrating and disappointing, ultimately. Mm, Dean, before the game, we spoke about Saints turning competitive performances into three points. Unfortunately, it wasn't to be tonight, but was that down to just a superb display from the Liverpool goalkeeper? Yeah, Alisson was was very good. His decision-making was excellent. Um, Maybe not so good on the ball when he gave Southampton a couple of opportunities, but in terms of his sweeping up behind the back four, making decisions, making the... Um, the angle of the goal smaller was was very very good, but yeah, just frustration because Southampton again very very competitive against a, a, one of the better teams in the league. Um, I thought that was probably the best I've seen Southampton in a while in terms of possession, in terms of their confidence of playing through the field. Um, you know the, the short passes to then break um, Liverpool's midfield, especially in the second half, to then get into attacking um, positions was very very good. It's just that small detail, and I think we, we we spoke about it before the game, that it's taking those chances, getting those chances, getting them opportunities. Shay Adams had a couple, Nathan Redmond. I mean, Tellis header, I know he's a youngster, but it, he catches it probably too well. If it comes off the side of his head, he probably scores. So then moments when you're away at Anfield, when you're playing Liverpool, you have to take them. I think, and the credit to Southampton to create three, four chances away from home and have so much possession. We're in the ascendancy. Liverpool not hanging on, but didn't really have the answers to to open up Southampton's second half. So I think it was a pretty even game. I don't think it was a convincing two nil win for Liverpool, but again, disappointment. And you know what needs to change that that small detail again. I think, and that's where the frustration will come from the players and the manager. Dean, sticking with you then, um, as we've mentioned, Liverpool had a whole host of chances in the first half, but just how good was that Shea Adams chance just before the Reds went 1-0 up? Yeah, I think it was really, really important, Kenzie, because I think Liverpool up to that point had been pretty dominant. Um, they'd had a few chances. Um, Fraser Forster had made some really good saves, pretty comfortable saves, standard saves, but good saves. Um, and it was the first time that Southampton had really gotten behind Liverpool when they played that high line, it was a really, really good run by um, Nathan Teller. And then really good awareness to actually play an early ball into Shea Adams to spot his run from, from deep. And 
um, like Paul mentioned, you know, Alisson covering that angle and taking a bit of a risk, actually, because the goal was open, but Nathan Teller's actually head is down, so it's very difficult to, to spot that. But to cover up and stay up, you know, Shadows probably did the right thing to try and chip it over the keeper because naturally most keepers will go down and spread themselves. So fantastic save, but it was that opportunity. And I think that's what I mean by the small detail. The game could go either way. If Southampton score there and the possession they had and the pressure and the expectations on Liverpool, it could be a very, very different game. And what is it, 45 seconds, a minute later, Southampton are 1-0 down. And that's the harsh reality of Premier League football. And that's why you have to take your chances. And, and that's the difference. So I think, again, like I said, that's where the disappointment and frustration will come from because Southampton had the chances. It's not like they're going to Anfield hanging on and it's all Liverpool, all Liverpool. It isn't really like that. I thought they played very well in terms of on the ball. It's just then final moments. And that's the difference between the top teams and the teams uh, not at the top, really. Yeah, definitely. Well, Liverpool did take the lead through Sadio Mane, who kept himself just on side to head in from close range. Paul, what did you make of his goal? Uh, it's another frustration isn't it, that um, in these games, it's, so often it seems to be a player who's been out of form or, or not had any... Uh, great success recently suddenly pops up and uh, and sort of uh, breaks Southampton fans' hearts. And Mane hadn't scored at Anfield this year yet. Up he comes against his former club, like Dean said, 45, 46 seconds after that terrific chance at the other end. And and it was a it seemed such an avoidable goal as well because you know you got Jack Stevens. Perhaps he could have got closer to to close down the um, the cross from Mo Salah. Mo Salah never passes to Sadio Mane, but he did there. Um, it goes back the other way as well. And of course, Carl Walker-Peters should have had his man, but I mean, they highlighted on the coverage over here how he, he got bumped in the build-up to it and then got the wrong side. But equally, when you've got Fraser Forster and Yannick Vestergaard, who are each a foot taller than Sadio Mane, when the ball is in deep into the six-yard box like that, you kind of wonder if one of them could have dealt with it as well. So there were... I think at least two or three chances to deal with that goal a bit better. Um, hugely frustrating. And how many headers does Mane score? Not many at all. So uh, for that to be such a crucial goal, it, it really did feel a bit of a, a, a kick in the teeth. Yeah, it did, didn't it? Uh, now, Dean, looking at the second half then, Saints had a number of chances. We just couldn't seem to finish them off. Yeah, great areas as, as, as well, Kenzie. You know, there was a couple of opportunities where um, uh, Shay Adams put uh, Nathan Teller in and just didn't quite have the legs or the composure to maybe finish it off. He got himself in one-on-one -on -one situations. Obviously, Shay Adams' chance when uh, Alisson gave him the ball and gave him that opportunity. I think a confident Shay Adams, a, a free-scoring Shay Adams, chips the keeper there, doesn't try and just place it in, in, in the corner. Um, Diallo had a strike, which was actually a really, really good move. Um, Southampton had a, a huge amount of possession playing out from the back, um, going through Liverpool's midfield, switching the play, coming back across, and then Diallo came centrally and it was a good strike. So there was opportunities for, for Southampton to get back in the game. And I really felt in the second half, I had that ascendancy, they had that pressure, and I thought they would, they would equalise. One little bit of disappointment, which is really, really not like him. I think James Ward-Prowse's uh, free kick and set pieces were a little bit off tonight. And I think that could have been an advantage Southampton could have taken against Liverpool, but it wasn't meant to be. But 
the positive is they've gone to Anfield and dominated possession and, and created chances. It's just finishing those moments off. And that will come with experience. Um, but Paul mentioned, I think if them chances had fallen to, to Danny Ings, especially one to, to Shea Adams, I think he would he would definitely change and take that chance. And, and that's the difference in the quality. But no, it's good to create chances. I think there's, there's always a problem if you're a team and you're not creating chances. That's when it becomes a major problem because at some point the strikers, the players will take their chances. So you have to look at it like that. Mm, well, one striker that did come on uh, for Southampton for the first time since September was Michael Obafemi, Paul. Ralph's openly talked about him needing to improve his professionalism. If he does get more appearances or a run in the side, what are the kind of qualities he can bring to the team? Oh, he's definitely a, a very good option. You know, when he first burst onto the team, uh, burst into the team, he was causing a lot of problems for established Premier League defenders. And uh, and then, yeah, that that professionalism side has been brought up a few times. I remember doing the fans forum probably eighteen months ago, and uh, and Ralph talked about it for the first time then. And it was it was quite surprised because you can take that as quite a. a a personal remark, a uh, a real sort of um, criticism that you know you'd like to think that a, a player has been warned about that a few times behind the scenes. It must take a fair bit for a manager to say that publicly and really want to see a, a reaction from the player. Now, by all accounts, during his rehab, he has been exceedingly professional. He took it very seriously. I mean, looking at the, he seems to have bulked up. So I think he spent a lot of time in the gym as well while he's been while he's been off, but. They weren't expecting to see him back this season at all. It was a surprise to the coaching staff to see him in a in a position where they could put him in the squad and bring him off the bench. So that's a sort of a, a credit to the way he approached his rehab and has, and has got himself in good shape. And I think, you know, you've got Danny as the, the main striker. Shea is clearly uh, alongside him as, as, as number two. And then you've got the two Nathans can play up front. You've got Theo Walcott likes playing up front. Dan and Lundalu, you've got... Michael uh, Obafemi in there as well. They're all sort of vying to to really establish themselves as the sort of the number one next option, if you like. And and I think over the summer, if if you know injury problems do uh, sort of disappear, if if they all get a good run at uh, at impressing the manager and um, and having chances, then it, it there's an opportunity there to be to be grabbed as first option off the bench or or straight in the starting 11 if if the manager wants uh, to shake things up or if there's an injury to someone else that sort of thing you know there's there's great competition particularly from that young uh, group of uh, of strikers and and attacking players they can they can push each other on they can and and they all offer slightly different things but you know one of them's really got a sort of um, explode out into 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 really giving the manager a bit of a headache. Rather than at the moment, they're probably all on a on a similar level. None of them are, are coming in and, and scoring a lot of goals. They're getting in good positions. They're showing lots of promise. Someone needs to take that next step, and uh, hopefully that will come in the next few months. You know, uh, to be a real option for next season. Yeah, it was great to see Michael feature again this evening, wasn't it? Uh, Dean, what did you make of the substitutions tonight? Yeah, I think it is. Um, it just highlights a little bit that there's not this huge strength in depth uh, that the manager would have wanted tonight. I think they all did fine when they came on. A um, little bit surprised. I would have liked to have seen uh, Theo Walcott maybe get the opportunity to play through the centre. Um, I think he, he wasn't that effective from the right-hand side. I think he can get lost in games 
when he plays in that position. I'd like to see him down the centre. I think that's his, his strongest position. Um, Gineppa, when he came on, didn't really get much of an opportunity. Obafemi came on, looked bright, looked like he got that pace back, a bit of, a bit of sharpness and a bit of hunger and, and combined quite well with Shay Adams on a, um, almost got a penalty when Alisson again came out and um, won the ball pretty clear. So, um, and Diallo came on and played kind of from the right-hand side, but, but centrally and, and did okay, had that strike at goal, um, worked hard. So the, the boys that came on did fine, didn't have a huge impact, but didn't have that much time to, to make that sort of impact that you would want or expect. Um, but I think if the manager's got a full squad, then he has better options coming off the bench and he didn't quite have that tonight. So when you're chasing the game, it's, it's very, very difficult. But the players did fine. But like I say, I don't think you can really criticise the performance. I think defensively, look, we look okay as well. Um, and we look very good in possession. But just them final moments again. I know I keep mentioning it, but it is those final moments. And that is the difference um, between top quality players. So, But it will come. Like Paul has just said, a lot of the players are young players. They're still getting experience in the Premier League. And I think if they can continue playing at this football club, which they will, and they keep getting minutes, they will improve, which is a good thing. Mm. Paul, you spoke previously about the frustrations of going 2-0 down. Did that late second goal from Liverpool feel a bit harsh? It did because Southampton were... You know, were Often, Southampton are accused of sort of fading in games, aren't they? Because of all the energy they put in with the pressing game and everything. They, they were at their strongest in uh, certainly sort of midway through that second half. They were causing Liverpool a lot of problems. Unlucky, as we've said many times, not to be able to convert one of those chances to get back to, to level pegging. And, you know, Liverpool had the odd chance. Diego Jota had a chance, didn't he? But, uh, but really... That sort of the, the last half hour or so, I'm not sure Fraser Forster had all that much to do. And uh, and like I said about the uh, the disappointing inevitability of a player coming into form from nowhere, Sadio Mane scoring the first one. Thiago's never scored for uh, Liverpool, I don't think. And and up he pops with a with a tremendous strike, although you know perhaps helped by a deflection. So you know, and that did absolutely kill it. I know there were only a few minutes left, but Liverpool. You know they could have been a bit nervy. They conceded very late on against Newcastle. They've 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 dropped a lot of points uh, in the last fifteen minutes of games. That may well have been playing on their minds as uh, as the minutes ticked by and Southampton kept on sort of surging forward, particularly with the way they were passing the ball around and moving forward through the middle of the pitch. So, you know, it 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 did feel a little bit cruel and two nil absolutely doesn't for me reflect the way the game went at all. Well, let's hear from Ralph Hasenhutl now. Here's what the Saints boss had to say after the game. Yeah, we had chances, but we didn't score. The opponent had also chances and they scored twice. So simple is football sometimes. And uh, for all the rest, we did well. Uh, we don't get anything for it, I think. Um, and that's a pity. Yeah, how pleased were you with the performance sort of between the two boxes, if you like? Yeah, that we have to be brave here, we knew and we tried to be it and uh, I think we have been. It was the only way to be competitive here and uh, to cause them some issues and I feel, think we, we tried it in a good way uh, and that's the reason why we had so many chances. And yeah, But uh, it's not enough to have the chances, you also must be clinical enough to, to, to score in that moment and we haven't been today and this is the reason why, why we are disappointed. 
One of those chances came just before the first goal. How important do you think was that in the complexion of the game? Yeah, it's always uh, um, decisive in that moment because we can go up one up and then you are one down suddenly. And, um, it's like it's a little bit like last season where we had the, the chance with the penalty and then or the not given penalty and then we conceded the first goal against such a team that goes quite quick. And again, I must say um, that the guys uh, didn't play bad today, but uh, in the end, in the football, is everything about results, and uh, we didn't get one today. And so we have uh, four more games to, to 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 take more points, and I think this is what we should do in the, in the final final games. Well, Dean, attention now shifts to Crystal Palace. What are your early thoughts ahead of that one? An important game. Uh, it's an important game. I know Southampton are 10 points clear of, of, of the relegation. Look, it's not really going to be a threat. Fulham are not going to go and win four games out of four. That's that's not going to happen. Um, so I think you can look a little bit to next season, but I think you look to next season by getting a result. I think that's the important thing. Southampton need a result. Um, the performances, again, have been good. They've been competitive. It's It's finding a way to win games now. How can you turn a good performance into a win? How can you turn a disciplined performance into a win? It's about finding a, a way of, of winning a game. And I think that's the next step, the next development for the, for this team, that potentially when you're not playing well, can we win a game? Um, and, and probably putting the importance on a win um, and not necessarily the performance. So a really, really important game. Obviously, Crystal Palace are coming off a, a really good result um, today when they beat Sheffield United and look very, very lively. So it'll be a tough game. It'll be a test. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a home game and um, Southampton, will, it'd be nice to get a result and then go into the last three games after that and maybe find a little bit of form, finish the season well to take a bit of uh, confidence into, into next year. Yeah, Paul, what do you think? Palace are in 13th on 41 points. We're in 16th on 37. Is it a bit of a dead rubber or is there still something to go for in that game? Well, they're safe now, aren't they, after beating uh, Sheffield United today. So, uh, yeah, maybe they'll have their minds on uh, on the summer holidays and things. But I'm not sure how much that really happens these days. Southampton, of course, want to bounce back with a win. Um, the penultimate game at St Mary's with no fans. So that's something as well to sort of tick off the list. The uh, the empty stadium thing is, is hopefully coming to a, a permanent end. And there's also the uh, the fascinating sideshow. Always look forward to this one. James Ward-Prowse against Wilfred Zaha. They always have a lovely little uh, battle, don't they? It's a shame that, you know, with, with four games to go, Southampton can't match last season's points total, 52, can't get up to 11th, which is, you know, you always want to see progress. You always want to see uh, uh, an improvement on the season before. But still, they'll want to get as close as they can to those marks. And, uh, you know, after all the injury problems and, and all the additional challenges and problems that have been faced this season, then uh, coming coming close to that mark of last season wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be seen as uh, a big step backwards. But yeah, look to next season. Really give um, give more of these youngsters some minutes as well. Get uh, get some excitement from them and. Yeah, just uh, a win would be lovely, wouldn't it? Well, that's it for today's podcast. Thanks to our guests, Dean Hammond and Paul Belverston. We'll be back on Tuesday when Saints host Crystal Palace. We'll see you then.